Hello, brothers. My name is Doug Draper, and I'm a 1992 graduate from the University of Kansas, and I'd like to welcome you to On the Banks. On the Banks is the only fraternity podcast where uh, we meet brothers, share stories, and embrace the values of our fraternity, Phi Gamma Delta. Today, I have a phenomenal guest. This is uh, one of our first, not one of our first, but the first undergraduate that we've had on the show. So no pressure, my friend, but uh, we're excited to have you. And with us is Ryan Paneha. He's from University of Central Arkansas and uh, soon to be a 2024 graduate. So Ryan, thanks so much for joining us today. Hi, thanks for having me. Cool. Well, we reached out to you, Ryan, just because there's some amazing things that you've accomplished in, 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 uh, in your short tenure as a leader in our fraternity. And even before you joined us, there's some pretty cool stories and amazing things that you've done uh, in your high school, high school career as well. And, and we'll talk about those here in a few minutes. Uh, but we always like to have our, our audience uh, get to know our, our guests a little bit. So um, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, kind of how you made it uh, to the University of Central Arkansas, and we'll just start there. Okay, so for me personally, I'm already from the Central Arkansas area, and my sister being um, a previous graduate from the University of Central Arkansas, I thought it'd be great to just follow in her footsteps and utilize all the connections that she has created and the bonds and connections she's helped me create there before even coming to the college. Mm -hmm. um, and so I left Benton High School, and I kind of just migrated over there, and I came upon, you know, Phi Gamma Delta, and ever since then, you know, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. And what year did you graduate from high school? I'm in May 2020. Nice. Yeah, that was a wonderful time to graduate from high school, right? <laughs> it was something. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So um, there was one thing that I, that when you and I were talking and getting to know each other uh, a couple weeks ago, there was one uh, article I caught and there was one statement in there that was that really caught my attention that I want to make sure our brothers uh, understand. And it was a quote from the uh, Saline Courier Journal in August of 2020. And it said, a, a Bentonville teen is once again making headlines for reaching out to help others, which that, uh, that really caught my attention. So we'll get into that in a little bit and a term that I've heard you use in the past. But before we do that, there was a super cool story that um, you told me about uh, a burger chain and uh, uh, some creative and very selfless acts that you helped out one of your friends with. So tell us about that. There, I set the stage, now you take us home. Okay, so you already know that in 2020, it was a really rough year to graduate. We got, thankfully, a type of graduation that was outside, it was super hot, it was just, at least we could, I just was trying to make it to the stage and get my diploma before I pass out, because it was so mm -hmm. hot. Um, but we did not get a prom, and you know, I'm a type of friend that I like to push um, and convince my friends to really, you know, treasure specific moments. And so one of my friends, her name is Savannah, and she's my best friend since middle school, really, really cared about um, prom and that being canceled really crushed her. So I saw that Sonic Drive-In was having a competition one night. It was like two o'clock in the morning and I decided to enter this competition. And what was this competition exactly? It was a quarantine king and queen uh, competition. I was trying to win my friend a car because that's what they would promise the winners. So okay. in an attempt to try to help my friend win, I woke her up in the morning, got her ready and kind of, 
just settled everything um, uh, by picking up all of the necessary tools to kind of decorate the back of mine and my mom's car. Drove it to Sonic, got her ready and got her over there and surprised her with our own little mini prom. And we got pictures taken and I submitted it into the contest. And I guess you could say from then it was history because she got to be Sonic Princess and for somehow, some reason, God blessed me and I got to be Sonic Quarantine King of America. And we <laughs> Does that uh, entail a life supply of free hamburgers and milkshakes or what's the deal with that? No, if anything, I think I need to skip a couple picnics and give the ants a chance. And <laughs> this year I got my quarantine, my COVID-19 pounds in already. Nice, nice. So, well, hey, that's a great story. Thanks for, for sharing with us. Um, so there's uh, another thing that was brought up that you, that you started, uh, obviously close to your heart related to, uh, to your mom. And um, I'd like our audience to learn more about it and, and kind of go from there. So it's the, the mini um, Taneha Purple Initiative. Um, so tell us more exactly what that means. I'm kind of getting purple and where that take may come from, but tell us a little bit about your mom and a little bit about how this, uh, uh, this organization came to be. Okay, so after winning Sonic Quarantine King of America, I kept getting a lot of um, articles and individuals reaching out to trying to cover press about, you know, me celebrating my best friend and I's friendship for so long and trying to speak to a testament of what my intentions were and kind of spread a good story around and kind of be a light in the time when I feel like a lot of people were looking for something to kind of give them hope, whether it be in humanity or et cetera. And mm -hmm. so I love talking about it and, I, and it got to a point though, where I had a moment where I thought, you know, I have such a great platform right now. I have a lot of people's eyes on me and I have a lot of people wanting to hear a story. And I thought that I could really take this platform and utilize it towards something I'm passionate about. Um, and so I launched the Mini Teenager Purple Initiative, I think in July. I won Sonic King in May, like late May, early June. Um, and then that time of process, by the time of like mid-July, late July of 2020, I decided to launch the initiative um, fully establishing it on August 14th of 2020. And it started off with me making Spotify frames and spreading love and celebrations by having these special frames that are customized to celebrate a moment in time. You get to pick a playlist title, a picture to describe um, the moment that that title describes and a song to kind of unify the entire moment and to share that and try to spread some love around while also making money for a good initiative, which is to help victims of domestic violence and the reason why i picked that is because all throughout my entire life my mom has been my biggest hero and the biggest influence on me she has done so many things that i could never imagine including being an immigrant and having kids and you know giving me the life that i have she's really worked hard and so i feel like that would have that would pay no greater testament that i could have like afford like that's the best thing i could do to kind of pay it forward and show my mom that anything and everything that she's done i watched and i applied it myself and so I launched the Domestic Violence Initiative in hopes of just doing whatever I can, raising awareness because our mayor was talking about the rising rates and trying to combat it. Mm -hmm. And um, in the last year, I'm really excited to say that it went from selling Spotify frames to collaborating with businesses and you know just different people willing to lend a hand or donate products. And I was able to raise about around $20,000 worth of support for local shelters within less than a year. And I earned quite a couple of titles, including, um, you know, like nonprofit of the year and for a nonprofit in its year to be named underneath that class 
for our, all of Arkansas, it's just such a big blessing. So it's just, a, it's an amazing thing and I'm hoping to carry it on and yeah. you know, just keep wow. it moving. Yeah. Well, you're very humble in your uh, descriptions of these things that you've started. So uh, one thing that you and I talked about uh, prior was that um, you mentioned that students um, of your age, it's like they want to do something, but they often feel restricted on how to manifest that passion. And restricted maybe more like self-restriction, like, hey, I have this passion, kind of like what you just described. But often you can kind of get paralyzed, so to speak, in like, how do I engage it? And how do I make my, my passion manifest into something that's purposeful? And, um, you know, literally, like, how do you do that? So in your mind, walk us through, you know, uh, the brothers in our audience, like, how did you overcome that? Like, here's an idea, I have a passion for it. I want to uh, help out others in uh, domestic violence. Like, what did you do mentally, literally, physically to make that leap and make this thing happen? I think was just having a minute before I went ahead and dived into something and thought out the entire process of what I at least minimally envisioned the initiative becoming. Because mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people our age want to make an impact, but are scared, just like any any person in a business endeavor, me being a business major at UCA, I kind of can like, you know, empathize with someone who's like, you know, I really want to try to make a lot of money, take care of my family, do and have these aspirations. But the one thing that's holding me back is what if this happens or what if that happens or just something. Mm -hmm. And so for me personally, going into it, I was like, you know, I really enjoy talking about my friendship and I really enjoy, um, you know, that so many people have seen a potential in me that I wanted to pay it forward and prove to them that, you know, you made the right investment. And so for anyone out there who's struggling to, um, you know, come to terms with what they want to do, you don't have to make it something long lasting. Some like if the initiative wasn't to last a long time, it could definitely give birth into a different thing, a different initiative, which is kind of what it's doing. It's going from a domestic violence initiative to one that's an overall social good initiative, trying to help whatever our community needs. Um, and so it's kind of a thing that whoever is like thinking about doing something to give back or trying to make a move or trying to do something new. I know it's scary as a young person or as an older individual. Um, but I feel like having the mindset of, you know, whatever will happen, we will work with it. And having safety nets set aside in case things go south is really what kind of helped me to make the jump because I was definitely nervous in the beginning, being a male supporting something of this criteria. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's terrific. Um, you mentioned something um, called a citizen scholar, right? Not in this interview, but when you and I are getting to know each other, um, you have a very uh, eloquent way to describe your words and, and your passion. And that struck me when you said, I just want to be a, a citizen scholar. So I think that's relevant to what you just spoke about, but I think it's important for our audience to really understand what that means. So when you say uh, citizen scholar, Ryan, tell our audience kind of what that means in, uh, to you. Well, in, in terms of it all, I feel like being a citizen and being a scholar go hand in hand because you have to have the intelligence to know what your community needs and how to give it to them. But also you have to be the type of person that's willing to give it in the first place. So being a citizen scholar, it is being the type of person that you care about the members of your community, whether you know them all or not, is that you know that there are people out there who are either, you know, suffering in some form of the way and you're willing to utilize whether your knowledge of, um, you know, trade or knowledge of, you know, business, whatever you have to kind of help those inconsistencies within your community. And so mm -hmm. when I say what I want to be when I'm a citizen scholar, it's basically meaning like I want to give 
to the, the community that has given so much to me as a child growing up. And not everyone mm -hmm. has that scenario, but everyone, I, I would hope, has a place that has given them more than they could ever imagine. And so your community is where your heart is, and you got to be a citizen of it to be a true valued member and one that contributes successfully to the world. Yeah. You know, I'm a big fan of listening to motivational quotes, and I often send them to my son. If I see one, I'll cut and paste it. You are a database of cool little snippets and things you face you, words to live by and words of wisdom. That, that's pretty cool. I'm just making mental notes of all the things that, uh, that you're speaking about. So that, that's phenomenal. Uh, let's flip it over a little bit and talk um, kind of about the fraternity and how the, the fraternity's impacted your life as an individual, but also your approach on, on some of these um, uh, programs and initiatives that you've been, been talking with. So before we get into that, how did you get connected Phi Gamma Delta? How did the introduction go and, and uh, you're on campus and, and how did that connection happen? Well, I remember I wanted to be part of, you know, I wanted to have a home away from home. And so I thought, you know, I don't know much about Greek life. Um, I, I'm very, I was at the beginning, very, very ignorant about what that totally meant. Um, and so going into it, I didn't understand, you know, like, what do we do? Why, do, why are we all a collective? What is, how is going? And how do we support one another? Well, um, in all of my endeavors of other fraternities, going to Phi Gamma Delta, going to Fiji at UCA, I saw a bunch of really funny, nice, you know, honest people that, you know, were willing to hear me out and listen to me. And I just had a different type of energy hearing, you know, one of our members, Corey, talk to me in junior and um, just seeing the type of love and bond that they have um, as brothers and just it really felt like a family. Because, mm -hmm. you know, it's just you can get that energy when you go into specific places and you can kind of tell. So going into that, I was like, you know, man, these are a really group, uh, good group of guys. Um, and, you know, they're willing to support me with initiative and in my endeavors here and whatever they may be um, to have for them to have my back consistently. Just it really it really struck me. You know, I was like, wow, that's a that's really interesting. So I went in and ever since then, I've always have nothing but good things to say about them. They kind of helped me grow a lot in the last year, especially with anything that I've developed, such as like my anxiety and et cetera. Yeah, that's great. So when, when you were first staying, I'm going to put you on the spot here a second. This is an easy one, so don't worry. But you smiled whenever you, you were talking about uh, the brothers and the members and you said funny, and then you started smiling. So there's somebody you were thinking about in particular when you said that. Well, it's not somebody, it's just the entire group. Um, yeah. I really, I just really, I really, really love them. They're really great people and they've helped me grow a lot. And I can 100% say that I wouldn't be where I am had I not had their support because it being in the position I am, I think a lot of people, that's why they're reluctant to, you know, make a difference is because it puts a spotlight on you. And there was a point in time where I'm not gonna lie, I did have my weaknesses. I did feel anxious. I did feel nervous and it kind of was getting to me. And there was just my own personal stuff that get in the way, but their support and understanding and, you know, like considerate, like consideration for anything that I needed mm -hmm. was so, you know, so helpful. Like just even whether it be, let's go hang out and do something stupid and, you know, just like have a good time. I literally can not pick one good time that I didn't really end up cry laughing because it was so funny. So yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So I know we've heard the term, you know, persistence, nothing in the world can take the place of persistence is one of the models with the fraternity and everything. 
What um, is there one particular thing that you've gained from your membership in Phi Gamma Delta and um, the brothers there at the chapter that have helped you with some of the initiatives that you've um, um, been involved with? Hmm. Well, really, I kind of, I kind of, if I'm being honest, I've gained a lot of knowledge. I mean, it's one of our one of our big, you know, important characteristics, but not your ordinary, you know, math, business, et cetera. It's more the knowledge of like how to be a man, if I can be honest, because uh, I mean, I, I grew up with my mom and I didn't have my dad around. He passed away when I was younger. So I really didn't know some fundamentals of, you know, like I knew how to be a gentleman. I knew the basics that anyone else does, but to be a true Fiji gentleman is kind of what really sticked out to me is because these guys will go out of their way to make sure someone's comfortable, someone's having a good time, some like a need is met within the community. And it really, it really has helped me grow a lot. Because if I think about the person I entered college being and the person I am now, two different people, not just the beard though. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You know, the, the cool thing about this pod is that I guarantee there's people and brothers listening right now that listen to what you said and is are thinking of stories of exactly how the fraternity impacted them in the same way, how they are a different person when they left than when they entered and um, the growth that they had as an individual during those four, possibly four and a half years uh, of, of the undergraduate experience. So that's cool that, that um, I know there's, there's brothers out there that are listening that are like, yep, exactly. I know exactly what he's saying. So, all right, we got some fun uh, uh, parting shot questions I have for you, right? These are the, these are the good ones here. So um, what has been your proudest accomplishment, right? You've, uh, in, in, in your 20 year history, you know, you've done quite a, an amazing amount of things. Tell us one thing that you're most proud of, whether it's in those accomplishments or with your family or the fraternity. I think it's just, it's really hard to pinpoint that because a lot of people would be like, well, aren't you happy and proud of like awards that you've gotten and stuff like that. And I really appreciate them, but I feel like being able to say I'm happy and to say that I have a support system is the biggest blessing that I could ask for because mm -hmm. it has been quite a year with COVID and all and to have and be where I am and at in life versus, you know, a lot of people who are struggling a way a lot harder than I am. I gotta say, I'm very grateful. And that's my proudest accomplishment is finding my brotherhood, finding my, my life, you know, and finding myself. Yeah, that's awesome. So here's a two part question, right? These are fun and easy. So where do you see yourself? I always like to say five years out, right? So five years ago, you probably never thought you'd be where you are right now, five years out. So five years out, it's 20, I was gonna say 2026, but five years, we're, uh, we're in 2022. So five years out, it's 2027. What are you doing? Like, where do you hope to be? Hmm. That's a really hard one. <laughs> um, I definitely have to say that I hope I see myself in a good job or maybe owning my own business if I really decide to jump on that endeavor. Um, and I hope that I can keep the initiative alive and keep finding different ways to help the community, whether that be just with Fiji or with whoever, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I want to see myself. Um, now, whether I get there or not, we'll find out, I guess. You just have to wait a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. You could just say, call me in five years and I'll let you know. Yeah. So uh, from the fraternity's perspective, right? There's always the ebbs and flows of the Greek system, not only at Central Arkansas, but just, um, you know, across the, uh, the country in North America. Have you given any thought about kind of what the Greek system may look like in um, five years out? Hmm. Well, thinking about, you know, just how 
the the in light of what's been going on in our world with societal change and etc i really feel like we're going to have a more unified front when it comes to the greek system and mm -hmm. i feel like if we are able to um you know showcase and break down stereotypes which is one thing that i really have been trying to do when it comes to my campus is break down any stereotypes that surround any greek system and explain kind of to what what people don't understand you know the aspects of it is if we can really if we really can get our point across of what we are what we stand for like fiji does greatly um i feel like that we'd be a more unified front not just with our own fraternity but across all of greek life mm -hmm. great all right, this is uh, a couple more and then we're out of here. So uh, this is a fun question because normally, the, like, like I made mention, you are first undergraduate, uh, a guest on the show. Again, kudos and thank you. And usually the guests that we have on can give perspective um, in the past, right? So we always ask, what would you give your 20-year-old FIGAM self? What advice would you give yourself back when you were 20 years old? But Ryan, that is where you are right now. So I'm going to spin the question and say, fast forward, uh, you know, 30 years, and uh, you're, you're on the other side of 50, what advice would you give yourself? Or what reminder would you give yourself about the things you're experiencing right now, the things you're learning as an individual, to make sure when you're 50, or 45, or 55, don't forget this, what would that be? Hmm. Well, I'd say, it's really hard to pinpoint that a question, because, you know, a, like a lot of things that I've seen plaguing adults is realizing that you are enough, you've done enough, you can take a break here and there. And so the best advice I could give my 50 year old self is you've done a lot, you're probably tired. <laughs> and celebrate a little bit, make sure that you continue to value yourself and the people around you who make you you and help you grow. And, you know, like I said, take a breath, keep on going and love one another. That's it. Yeah, that's good. I think that's a perfect answer. So, well, Ryan, again, thanks for joining us. It's been uh, it's been a great uh, great time having you here, and uh, I'm glad that our brothers had a chance to meet you. And uh, I'm sure there are amazing things that uh, will be coming from you in the near term. So, thanks again. And I'd also like to thank our brothers for joining us today on the banks. Uh, we look forward to seeing you again next time. Uh, where we're going to meet new brothers and uh, share some amazing stories, just like we did with Ryan today. So, on next time, I am mighty proud to be a Fiji. Thanks for watching on the banks. Mm -hmm.